Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Yes, that line falls on the right page. Not that Mackey's back in time. Big Bonnie here with you on the fan. I got you for three hours today. And then we'll hit you for another five-hour midnight ride tomorrow. But I started two. I ended five. That's how it goes. 877-337-6666. That's the number to call in. You'll either talk to Jack or Fleegs today. We got Jack training. Helping us through as it's me and you for the next three hours right here on the fan. Again, excuse me, every once in a while you can hear some pausing. I need to take a sip. I'm dealing with a little bit of a cold. But I'll be okay. Don't you worry about me. I'm not the Jets. It's not that big a deal. My world is not collapsing around me as it is for the New York Jets. As that, as Marco called it, that scathing interview. That scathing report that came out in the Atlantic today has completely completely brought the Jets back into the news and the dysfunction and everybody screaming for jobs and screaming for blood and screaming for the head of this head coach to be on the chopping block, especially when, hey, who's out there? Right? I mean, come on. Bill Belichick can come coach. I mean, that's what he wants. That's what Bill Belichick's waiting for. Bill Belichick wants to come into this dysfunction. He passed on it 20 years ago. He was smart then. He's not that much stupider now. Vrabel, whoever else, let's be honest. Okay, look, let me, let's talk about this for a second here, okay? What did we actually learn from this interview? From this, uh, I keep saying interview, from this report. What did we actually learn? They did a great job, The Athletic and uh, Zach Rosenblatt and Diana Rossini. They got some insight. We learned a couple of new things. One, we learned that Sala is a little bit sensitive, right? We had heard a lot of these things before. He gave that list to Joe Beningo of all the coaches who've been unsuccessful with 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 without their quarterbacks. We've heard that list before. You know how? Because Joe Beningo told the afternoon show. We knew he had excuses. We knew. We learned that during the that he handled the the situation that Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee and complained about the leaks inside the organization while he's doing everything and and giving everything to Pat McAfee, but he's concerned with the leaks. And apparently the head coach was furious about it, and he ran through the building, and he had all the coaches in a room, and he said, put your phones on the table. Who did it? Was it you? Was it you, Rex Hogan? As apparently Rex Hogan, the assistant GM, is uh, out. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Uh, I think today's probably just... uh, uh, circumstance that they happened on the same day, but all right, we learned he's a little sensitive. And we learned this coach was uh, concerned about his job. (laughs) What a shocker. 
an NFL head coach concerned about his job amidst losing for the third consecutive season. What a shocker. Or a coach that felt sorry for himself after having Aaron Rodgers in the building and watching him go down in four plays after running out into the building with the American flag on 9-11, making everybody's hair stand on their heads. And giving everybody goosebumps. And then four plays into it, it's over. Now, excuse him if he felt sorry for himself. This is not a complete defense of Robert Sala. I don't think Robert Sala is an excellent head coach. I think, in fairness to him, he has been stifled by hideous quarterback play. That's just the truth of the matter. And what we learned in this article is what we knew most of the stuff in this article we knew. Number one, the season ended when Rodgers went down. We knew that. We knew that. Are you, wait, uh, here's something else we learned from the article. Very important. Despite the fact that Robert Sala, press conference after press conference, went out there and defended Zach Wilson and talked up Zach Wilson, behind the scenes in reality, he didn't think Zach Wilson was a very good quarterback. Get out of here. Are you kidding me? Are you saying that the Jets, despite the brave face they put out front publicly, did not have confidence in Zach Wilson? I don't believe it. What's the other thing we learned from this article? Okay, hold on. The offensive coordinator really struggled to come up with a game plan for this offense and these hideous quarterbacks was after Aaron Rodgers went down. Is that a fact? That he struggled to make it work with Zach Wilson and Tim Boyle and Simeon, who he did a better job with. Somehow, that miraculously, even Trevor Simeon managed to make it work a little bit better despite the Texan game. Besides that, Zach Wilson was awful all year long. But, hey, you know, the coach had trouble adjusting to such things. We knew most of this. We knew practically all of this. And that's not a defense of them, but it still doesn't change the fact. And if you read the last couple of sentences of the article, the morale picked up at the end of the year when Aaron Rodgers got back to town. And that's what this is all about. Let's be totally honest. This is what it's all about. With Aaron Rodgers, this team could actually be something. Without Aaron Rodgers, the team is nothing. Unfortunately, that's the situation they put themselves in. Now, if you want to go back a year and say what a terrible mistake it was to put themselves in that situation, we can have that discussion. But here they are. Here they are nonetheless. And Aaron Rodgers, whether, oh, you know, he was the de facto GM. Did Aaron Rodgers have a say in personnel? Hmm. You don't say. Is that a fact? Oh. A GM around the league said that it was Rex. Rex was the, uh, excuse me, um, not Rex Hogan, but Joe, Joe Douglas was the assistant GM to Aaron Rodgers. Oh, oh, he was the assistant GM. I get it. I get it. They contacted quarterbacks, but decided not to do it and stuck with Zach Wilson. Mm. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, despite being voted by the most uh, by the team as the most inspirational player, had no interest in keeping tabs on Zach Wilson throughout the year. I was unaware that a third-year NFL quarterback, right, a third-year NFL quarterback who probably showed some life 
in camp because he knew he wasn't going to play. But I was unaware that a that only prop that you could argue, and the article kind of does, that only had a job because Aaron Rodgers decided he wanted him to have a job. But the quarterback needed his hand held throughout the entire year while Aaron Rodgers was across the country rehabbing from an injury. I was unaware they had to keep tabs every single day. Now, should Aaron Rodgers have done it? Probably. But if we are going to blame Aaron Rodgers for lack of leadership when the entire team loves him, when they vote him the most inspirational player, when the entire team on on, public, on social media tries to do everything they can to get him here, when he comes here and all they do is talk him up, every single person talks him up, they love him, they love him, they love him. He shows up uh, during, the, during, during the week, uh, comes, flies back into town for games, all positive, everybody loves him, they vote him the most inspirational player. At the end of the season, it picks up because he's back around, the defense is happier, oh, and that's another thing, oh, the defense was unhappy with the offense. You're kidding me. No way. Are you telling me the defense was frustrated by the offense lack of scoring? Another bombshell inside this article. But Aaron Rodgers is this terrible leader because he didn't hold the hand of Zach Wilson the entire year. Meanwhile, everyone loves him. He comes back. Everything picks up. He's voted the most inspirational player. He... he, he, he changed the franchise, but yes, it's because it's Zach Wilson, the reason why he was terrible was because he didn't have his hand held the entire year by Aaron Rodgers. I'm, I, I think, and what I've continued to thought, I'm not sure that I put that correctly in English, so I'm going to try it again. What I think, what I've thought from the beginning, what I continue to think is Aaron Rodgers is the most important piece of this team and right now, despite the fact of what we read in this article, a lot of which we knew, that this is not necessarily a great coaching staff, that we don't know, in my mind, I don't know what Robert Sala is. And what we learned from this interview, right? what we learned from this article right now, is that he's probably a little sensitive, and he was concerned about his job. And asking for the coach's phones or threatening to take their phones is pathetic. We get it. It's pathetic. That's a bad look. It's a sad, pathetic look, and especially it's because it's spurned on by the leader of the franchise, the quarterback, going on Pat McAfee and showing his disapproval of the situation. So that's really what got Robert Sala's, you know, uh, uh, neck up, and that's what really got his back up, and that's what really got him upset. You know why? Because he is concerned about his job, and he knows his job is connected to Aaron Rodgers. And if the leaks are a problem with Aaron Rodgers and he's the guy leading the ship full of leaks, maybe it's a problem for him. Totally agree. And he's coming up with excuses of coaches and their records without quarterbacks. Totally agree. Uber sensitive. A guy at some point probably focused on his job at the end of a dead season. Probably fair. And it's not what a head coach should be focused on. Probably fair. But ultimately... I don't disagree that he's been handed one of the worst quarterback situations in the history of football over the last three years. And he's managed to build a defense and yet have no offensive weapons and have no offensive game plan and been handed another offensive coordinator who could do nothing without Aaron Rodgers. And here's the other thing coming from this article that I don't think many people are... are, are another thing we knew that has been established in this article that continues to boggle my mind. He's quoted... In this story, Robert Sala is quoted in the story uh, when they focus on how publicly he might be praising Zach Wilson, but privately he's concerned about the quarterback. Again, shocking. But he's quoted as saying, it'll be a miracle to win eight games. So can I ask you a question? 
if this coach has no confidence in the quarterback, and this coach is public is, is telling people privately that it'll be a miracle to win eight games, and the goal is seven games, and it'll be a damn miracle with Zach Wilson to win eight games. And then at the end of the year, when he finally decides to bench him, he wants to get he wants to he promises him he's gonna move on, he's gonna release him. Clearly, Robert Sala has no affinity for Zach Wilson whatsoever. Then why is Zach Wilson playing every damn week? Why is Zach Wilson playing every single game as they lose? Why is he publicly out there defending him? and privately killing him, and continuing to play him. Why? Because the other revelation in this article is what we already knew, he's being forced to play him. So you want to tell me this coach is an idiot? You want to tell me this coach is horrendous? You want to tell me there's no way they can win with Robert Sala, and it's time to move on, and this article proves it from everything else? Here's the fact of the matter. The man's been given a terrible quarterback. The man was forced to play a quarterback he doesn't believe in over and over and over again. He tried to get rid of him last year with Mike White. Mike White gets hurt, have to go back to him. Has this I, uh, the vision of Aaron Rodgers. He's running out of the tunnel with the American flag, a picture that apparently he's kept on his phone and is showing everybody because it was a new era, a dawning of a new era for Jets football, and finally an idea where he can focus on the defense and have a Hall of Fame quarterback actually have a productive offense, and maybe, just maybe, he could have a winning season, and it fell apart on him on four games, and he's back to being forced to Zach Wilson, and he wants to get rid of him, and he doesn't think he's a damn good quarterback, but he can't. He's neutered in that situation. Would I cry today if, 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 if he is fired? Would I cry if they bring in Vrabel or another head coach, any head coach? No, I won't because I can't tell you he's a good head coach. But what I can tell you is he hasn't been given a shot to prove he can be. And is he oversensitive? Yes. Is there a lot going on in that franchise from the top down and he's a part of it in this dysfunction? Sure. Sure. Has he been given an opportunity to actually prove he can be a decent head coach? Probably not. No. Not when you look at all the other dysfunction in this team from the top down and you look at the quarterback play he's been given. And what we've learned is what we know Aaron Rodgers, the minute they traded for him, became the most important person in the franchise. More important than the GM, more important than the head coach. He's right up there with Woody Johnson as the two most important people running the Jets, and one of them has proven to be incompetent for his entire history here with the franchise, and that's the owner. So when you have two people running the franchise, one's incompetent and the other one goes down, good luck. But that doesn't change my opinion that where they are, there's nothing else to do. You have got to put all of your eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket and hope it becomes successful this time around. That's it. That injury changed everything. The the offensive coordinator is not a good enough coach to adapt to terrible quarterbacks. He can call the uh, he can call the the offense quarterback friendly all he wants. It's not. It's great quarterback friendly, which almost every offense is. But it's still Aaron Rodgers' offense. And what coach, and to speak to Evan's point, and what I think is an absolute true point, 
what coach is going to come in here for one year of must-win with Aaron Rodgers just to butt heads with that guy, who uh, with Aaron Rodgers, who clearly wants Salah back, who clearly doesn't want any problems with the offensive coordinator. Who's going to come in here and take that situation on and eat it for a year? And then if it's successful, maybe two. If, uh, somewhat successful. Who knows? Uh, yeah, if you win the Super Bowl, fine, you'll eat it. That's fine. But even if you have a winning season, make the playoffs and lose in the first or second round, now you got to go for it again if Aaron Rodgers decides to. Or you got to break it all down and start all over again. Like, I don't think it's a very desirable job at the moment. Unfortunately, this article changes nothing. The best situation for the New York Jets is to stick with Robert Sala, to stick with Hackett, to stick with Douglas, and hope Aaron Rodgers stays healthy. Because everything in that article, and you heard some of the offensive problems, the pre-snap penalties, all the, the inabilities to you know change things on the fly, the inabilities to come up with a game plan, the inabilities to have in-game adjustments, all of that goes away with the healthy Aaron Rodgers. All of it goes away. You've seen Aaron Rodgers play. We have. How many times have you seen Green Bay run a, a tight ship offensively. How many times have you seen Aaron Rodgers snap the ball before uh, a defense is able to make their uh, substitution and get a 12-man on the field? He sees everything. As much as he thinks differently outside the game of football, he is a brilliant mind in the game of football. You do not become as good as he became and be the superstar he is and the Hall of Famer he is if you don't understand football. And he knows this offense inside and out. He comes in, the procedural pro- the, uh, the pre-snap problems go away. The dysfunction inside the Jets doesn't necessarily go away. But at least if you know the defense and the offense should work, there's nothing else to do. Nothing in this article makes me feel like it's a better situation to fire Robert Sala and bring in either an unknown. I mean, yeah, if you can go get Vrabel, I don't know why Vrabel would take this job. Frable's going to be, and and certainly, you know, forget about it. Uh, Bill Belichick is never coming here. Not now. Not in this situation. But I mean, you you're talking about next year of, on years where every coach, what do they have? Seven, eight firings every single year. He is going to be the. He's going to have his pick of the litter next year. He's going to want to come here for one year with the Jets and Aaron Rodgers and beat his head into the ground fighting that stuff, dealing with Woody Johnson, dealing with a a, a quarterback who wants his way. He's going to come in and try and establish a culture with what? A team that's run by Aaron Rodgers? That won't change. So if you fire Robert Sala, you're bringing in some coordinator who's going to come in and listen to Aaron Rodgers anyway. We learned a couple of things in this article. And we learned that Robert Sala is probably a little bit petty and a little bit sensitive. And some of the stuff he did, particularly with the leak stuff and and asking for phones, is ridiculous. Or threatening to take phones. What is this, high school? I threatened to take away my kid's tablet today. That's that's how I'm living my life. Robert Sala is not raising six-year-olds. If there's leaks in the building, that's part of the culture that he's helped instill. It's all on him. Totally agree. What's the better option? And if you think it's just firing a bad head coach because he's a bad head coach, I understand that argument, but here's the thing. You've also seen the quarterback play is atrocious. And he knew it, and he's forced to lie about it, and he's forced to play him. Because you are not privately telling people 
that eight wins would be a miracle and then honestly feel good about playing the quarterback. That's the other thing that we knew that came out in this article. He's forced to play Zach Wilson. And everything he says about him, and all the, oh, he's making improvements, he's our guy, he's this, he's that, all of it is nonsense because he has nothing else to say because it's not up to him who plays quarterback. And if you want to tell me this is a horrible head coach, that's fine. He doesn't have the power to decide who plays the most important position on his team. He doesn't have that power. So I don't care what this article says. It's hard for me to blame a guy who isn't in power or doesn't have the the wherewithal to make a change at the most important position, not only in football, but arguably in professional sports, the most impactful player on his team. The number one reason why he'll win or lose is being force-fed to him. Good luck to any coach who has to deal with that. 877-337-6666. I'm still with it. Keep Sala, keep Hackett, keep Rodgers, and there's no reason that all this dysfunction, if not goes away, certainly subsides. Because that's what great quarterback play is. We talk about it. It raises all ships. It raises all ships on the field, inside the locker room, inside the front office. That's how I, it's for a short term, that's how I feel. And I may be wrong, but give me a, present me with a better option. I dare you. 877 337-6666. McMonagle here with you on the fans. We'll talk about the Jets, obviously. We'll start with that. Still waiting on Randall, on the news for Randall, which makes me concerned. And I'll tell you why. The idea that nothing has come out yet makes me very concerned that the initial reports might not be as accurate as we had hoped. We'll get to that. And then, of course, the Yankees lose a reliever that I genuinely loved. But the point is, what do the Yankees do better than anything else in there? What's the one thing the Yankees do? That's why I don't feel so bad about losing Wandy Peralta. 